Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, this is the national treasure, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer. I believe you're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he is a stallion, I am the enforcer, and this week we are joined by a very special guest, and as of 24 hours ago, a very uh, a coveted guest. We'd like to welcome uh, Scott Keith from the blogofdoom.com to the show. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. We uh, appreciate your time. You've been a longtime professional wrestling uh, contributor, reviewer. I've been reading your stuff, as Joe has, for uh, quite some time. And we're looking to get your take on what happened this weekend at uh, AEW All Out and uh, NXT uh, UK TakeOver. Uh, But I want to touch base on the news that you broke yesterday. Uh, And if I'm reading the title correctly, uh, Drunk It Go loses title belt. Uh, yesterday, you broke the story that Chris Jericho lost his brand new AEW world title. How How did this happen? How did you find out? G- g- give me the scoop. What happened yesterday? Uh, somebody is kind of funny. One of, my, uh, one of my frequent email contributors just kind of sent me a, a link about halfway during the day. Uh, and uh, I was I, I didn't really know what was going on with it, so I just kind of uh, posted it because I kind of thought it was, I was had kind of half thinking it was a joke or something along those lines, and uh, just came up with the, uh, a punchline for it. Basically, it was kind of like my my usual thing on the blog, and then yeah, all of a sudden it just kind of uh, kind of exploded a little bit. Uh, ESPN picked up the story because apparently I was the nobody else had actually checked into this uh, police report before, and I was the the first website where somebody had actually you know done so because they were trying to keep it quiet i suppose for obvious reasons and uh went kind of uh kind of just went from there and then uh you know he, he got his belt back today so everything's obviously quieted down a little bit but it was quite the quite the interesting little thing there although of course nobody actually linked back to my website which i'm a little bit bitter about because i didn't really get any extra traffic out of it but you know what can you do Really, I will give uh, Sports Illustrated credit because I read it on Sports Illustrated and they uh, linked directly to your website. So at least there's somebody out there with some dignity in the reporting world. Well, that's nice. I mean, I, I you know, I kind of understand, you know, they didn't want to link to a story that was titled, you know, Drunkaco loses title <laughs> belt because, I mean, you know, they're, they're that, real that, journalists that I'm not, obviously. Right. But uh, so I can kind of understand where they might have been coming from there. Well, how so 
I know there's a lot of people online that, you know, it's professional wrestling. They think everything's storyline. They think everything is a work. But this is, I mean, this is a real legitimate story that was on the police blotter for, um, you know, in Chicago. Like, this is 100% a legitimate story, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now the the title belt was recovered today. I read, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but the title was found on the side of the street. Is that true? Um, yeah, that's right. It was the the story was kind of is a weird one too because the the Tallahassee police posted the, the picture of them having the title belt. Uh, they, yeah, they they found it somewhere and then they pulled the story. Uh, they actually deleted the post, so it was hard to actually verify anything. And I think it was back up again, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, it's it actually had disappeared over a couple of points during the day, so it was I was actually having a hard time tracking it down because I was kind of actually kind of interested to, to to find out what had actually happened with it. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, it's it, the story was up. It was on Twitter. It was off Twitter. People were screen grabbing it. I, I think that's what led people to believe it was uh, more of a uh, more of a storyline than anything else. With the police taking it down. I mean, uh, I don't Corey Graves referencing it on, uh, on on SmackDown. It is one of the most random. It, it's. I mean, listen. It's all professional wrestling, right? There are millions of stories like this, and this just adds to uh, the luster of the sport that we love so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I. It's you know Jericho obviously has a good sense of humor about it. Uh, he you know is kind of he was kind of leaning into it. Uh, unfortunately, the people who run his website didn't have much of a sense of humor about it because they actually I, I had been uh, sort of getting ready to be a contributor to uh, Chris Jericho's Web of Jericho site, and they actually asked me to leave uh, earlier this morning. So you know that's that's the way that goes, I guess. But which I, which I thought was kind of funny because you know Jericho himself is making fun of the whole the whole drunk aspect of it and, and i guess the people who run the site weren't quite so happy with my headline of it but you know such is life hey you know and that's that first of all that that's kind of rough news because chris jericho the guy that's been around the business for however many years he could take a joke and you know it's so for the people that run his website to not be able to take a joke you know i, I hope nothing but uh the best for your site after this and hopefully this drums up some more traffic and they you know people go to your site knowing that you do check your sources and everything you post is you know with witty headlines and you make the reading part of the website um a little more entertaining than just a lot of the uh you know paint by numbers recaps there are so i hope it drums up a lot of traffic for you i will say that yeah I hope so. um, yeah. yeah of course well you know social media is a wonderful thing so let's uh let's keep our fingers crossed but you know it was a uh, a very busy weekend in the world of professional wrestling I mean, there was like there were three big shows on saturday there was the uh, new japan royal quest show which unfortunately they didn't upload for like you know three or four days but we had a nxt takeover cardiff and we had the aew all-out show um let me ask you: Did you uh, did you watch the NXT Takeover show live? Uh, yes, I yeah I watched everything live on uh, on Saturday. It was brutal. Yeah, long long day professional. Long wrestling. day of wrestling. Yes, absolutely. My original plan actually had been had uh, I, I I was actually kind of planning on ordering the Royal Quest show as well in the morning on Fight TV and trying to squeeze that in for everything, but I, I just I figured I just couldn't do it. I was. I, I had to. I, I would have died if I had tried to watch eleven hours of wrestling on that Saturday. I think my poor family as well. They probably would have died as well. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. The older I get, the earlier I fall asleep. So it, it would have been. I, I wouldn't have made it either. Um, oh yeah, I know. Pe- people have long made the observation now on my blog that I'm turning into a cranky old man because you can you can always tell the point of the uh, you know in my in my my rants when uh, it's it's getting to be late in the evening and the shows are running too long and I'm I'm just like. I turn into the, you know, the time to shut off the show and go to bed kind of old man mode, right? So, yeah. Like, uh, the get off my lawn, uh, old get man. Off my, exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm, God, I'm turning into Undertaker in 2000. It's, it's, it's really bad now. <laughs> Listen, it's, I think it's even worse when you're at one of those shows, right? Like when you're at, like I went to SummerSlam uh, not last year, the year before, and it was, I felt, I mean, I had a good time, don't get me wrong, but I, I was sitting there for seven hours. I'm like, I, oh, I got yeah, no. My ass hurts, man. It's a long time in a chair. Oh yeah, no, I can't. I can't imagine these poor people who who sit there for for that time for these five hour pay per views or like you know the the giant TV tapings with two hundred five live and everything beforehand. Oh, I you know two two and a half hour house show is that's plenty of wrestling for me. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe and I, we go to the Evolve shows. I mean, and it's like a two hours and 20 minutes straight wrestling, you know, a beginning end, no intermission, good matches, mm-hmm. and you're out. Now you go to a Raw, and it's Raw is three and a half hours plus the pre-show. It's it's a lot to sit through, and you have to be a very, uh, you know, a very dedicated viewer, I should say, to sit through all that. But as far as the NXT TakeOver um, Cardiff show, what did, did you have high hopes going to that show, high expectations? I, I had really no expectations. I, I don't really follow the uh, the NXT UK product, and uh, I actually had a couple of friends who were, were basically saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, you should check it out," kind of thing. Um, they and yeah, I just I'm I'm always happy to try out new stuff like that, and uh, I, I actually I really quite like the show. Um, I, I I do feel like there was a certain tinge of negativity to both of my reviews on the weekend, just because, like I say, uh, it was it was a lot of wrestling, and I was getting pretty grumpy by the end of All Out, but. Uh, but no, the uh, God, especially the, the, the I, I mean, I love Walter, and uh, I didn't know how well the match with Tyler Bate would work exactly with that dynamic, and it was it was pretty much the perfect dynamic, you know, the big man, little man, uh, the whole thing turned out great. Uh, the the three way tag team match was insanely entertaining. Um, I say I probably I might have been leaving a little hard on it. I think. In my, in my review, um, I was actually, you know, I was going to bring that up because I really did enjoy that tag match. You went three and a half for that. Looking back on it yeah. now, given a chance to, you know, let the grumpiness subside, would you keep it at three and a half stars? Um, I might go four. Actually, it was it was very very entertaining match. I thought. And I think the, you know, the UK crowd makes such a difference compared to you know the regular crowd. I mean, the NXT America. Oh, yeah. American NXT crowd is good, but I mean, I love progress, you know, uh, over the uh, OTT wrestling. I mean, those crowds, they really yeah, make the show, yeah. and they got so hard behind um, uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews in that match. You know, it was, and to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like when you have like a, the UK crowd, like they don't boo the good guys because it's a cool thing to do. Like they cheer the people they're supposed to cheer, you know, and it just ma- makes the match a little more enjoyable for me. Yeah, they're they're just so into it. Um, yeah, I really want to put over OTT as well because I'm 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 all over the YouTube channel all the time watching random matches from them, and it's just they it's they have such great presentation and it's such great crowds. Like they're just so so into everything. I just the, the whole I, the whole gimmick of the crowds singing along with with the matches could be a little obnoxious sometimes, but it's like you know you can't uh, you can't fault them for having fun out there, right? Like it's right as long as says, with- you know they're they're having fun, but like you know these crowds are legitimately having fun out there. Right. I mean, you pay money to have fun as long as it doesn't take away from the match. And I, I'll definitely agree with you about OTT. The um, the video package they had for uh, Jordan Devlin and uh, David Starr. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that match. It's one of my favorite matches of the year. So they do really, really great stuff. And they're on the powerslime.tv, you know, which we're a part of as well. And uh, they put all their good stuff on YouTube. So, I mean, l- listen, free wrestling is uh, wrestling that's for me. That's for sure. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, big fan of him. I've watched him a lot in progress. Cesaro to... The NXT UK brand. Is that a long-term thing? What do you think? Uh, I don't think so, especially because he came back by, right back to uh, the U.S. and got beat by the Miz on Mondays. That's quite the reward for having a great match on NXT UK. <laughs> I think I, I, I think, I don't know if it's long-term or not, but it, it certainly did seem like they were possibly setting him up for Walter, which would be a crazy match. I'm, I'm pretty sure if that happens. Yeah, that's something, I mean, I would... A hundred percent be on board with. I thought we were going to see maybe a, a Kings of Wrestling reunion with him and um, Cassius Ono. That's uh, mm-hmm. I think something that's got some legs too. I'm a huge fan of both those guys, and Ono is you know just taking his American NXT uh, duties and kind of bring it over to NXT UK. But if that's you know what he wants to do, more power to him. Uh, does Ilya Dragunov you think have a future in NXT UK? That kind of you know his size, his character is that something that really has some legs that they can get behind. I wish you'd get rid of the stupid contacts, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, he's he looked good, man. I was I was really impressed with Dragunov. Um, I thought that they were setting him up to go in there and be, you know, the guy who gets steamrolled by Cesaro, and you know, in, in the open challenge. But no, he really made a good showing for himself. Uh, he hung in there with Cesaro and uh, had showed some great moves. And uh, yeah, I think he's, I think I think he's got some potential. Yeah, he's uh, he's so intense. I mean, and when he debuted in Progress uh, last year, the cr- I didn't know who he was before I saw him debut in Progress, and the crowd was literally rabid. That dude, he's got such amazing intensity. And you're right, the contacts do make him look like a uh, second-rate sub-zero. But aside <laughs> from that, if you were to get rid of those contacts, he's a you know he's a guy that I think definitely has a future. Um, uh, I got to tell you, Joe was very upset with the uh, Noam Dar versus Travis Banks match. And watching it, I 
is it me or did that match just feel like it went on forever? Yeah, it was. It was quite. It was actually quite long for the opener. I thought a couple of the matches they were trying to stretch out uh, a little too much. Uh, to be honest, yeah, they, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel no Amdar. I'm. I'm just not. I'm not into it. Whatever. Whatever character he's trying to to do with it just doesn't work for me. And and the match didn't work. But I mean, it was it was a you know a well worked match and uh, and the crowd was into it. But yeah, it wasn't. That was not uh, the best choice for an opener. I'd say. I I really actually I thought. If they, if they put the three-way uh, tag team match on as the opener, I think that might have been uh, the way to go with it, to be honest. Yeah, the crowd would have been even hotter than they were. And I agree with you about Dar. I mean, no disrespect to the guy, but I've I've had a lot of trouble getting into his matches. The most memorable thing I can remember is the, uh, I think he had a storyline with Leisha Fox at some point. That's the most memorable thing from Noam Dar. And that's uh, mm-hmm. that's not good. You know, if that's what I remember, that's, uh, that's not good. Um, yeah. Now, main event, you said it was, I mean, the main event was, it was what it was. It was damn near 50 minutes. It was a hell of a match between two. I mean, Tyler Bate, part of Mustache Mountain, everybody loves him. Walter is your uh, mobile, better working 2019 Andre the Giant kind of figure. Uh, how does that match stack up against other matches this year that you've put in that five-star realm? Oh, yeah, it's. It, it's it was it's, you know it's it's a, a unique type of match compared to some of the other ones in that same realm. Um, I mean, most of them have been done by Johnny Gargano this year. He's kind yeah. of had a stranglehold on on my, on my star ratings, but uh, yeah, I I really liked it because it was a throwback to like the older style. Um, kind of it was it was very much in the mold of a, a Sting Vader match uh, with with the big guy throwing around the little guy, but the little guy keeps you know coming back and getting the hope spots and, and doing the power moves. Uh, and it was just, it was really different. It's, that's what I really love most about it. It was just, it was just not the kind of thing that you, you're seeing out of these guys. Like, you know, they're not, Walter's not going out there and doing dives, right? Like Walter doesn't care if he entertains you or, or, or does dives, you know, Walter's out there to work and like, and get the job done. And, uh, is really, it's what I really admire about his matches as well. So there's just no wasted motion on him. Everything he does has a purpose and everything he does flows together you know, and it's like like one thing leads to another thing, and then usually it results in more pain for the other guy. And just you know, he's he's not out there doing anything, you know, superfluous and or like like a Seth Rollins, like you know, going out and doing three dives in a row or anything like that. And, you know, nothing against Seth because Seth's a fantastic worker, but uh, it's really kind of a shame that Walter is kind of confining himself to uh, Europe for the time being here because I think he'd be a fantastic addition to to the U.S. But uh, you know, better for NXT UK, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a, a fantastic comparison you made between Sting and Vader. Because growing up, you know, I, I, I was such a WCW guy growing up, and the Sting and Vader matches were some of my favorite. And Vader, Vader and Walter, I don't know why I haven't put it together until right now, but those guys, you know, that's that's a great dynamic. And I would agree with you in terms of um, what his potential is outside of um, the NXT UK realm, and that's something. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I can't picture i can picture him going to nxc but i can't picture them kind of getting behind him on you know one of the quote-unquote main shows he doesn't seem like a a vince guy to me he's a guy that you know they would push they have they have their monster and braun Strowman, and i i think they're uh they're okay with that but to bring him into nxt which i mean you it kind of seems like they're doing that now they had the um uh forgive me her name ch- challenge shana baszler for the title on nxt last week um so I, part of me wonders if there's going to be, now that their NXT is going to be going to USA, if they're going to be bringing in some of the, you know, they're going to have to introduce more people, I guess, to the NXT roster. And if they do, you know, count me in for Walter. He's a guy that I would love to see over here. And, you know, with uh, Pete Dunne as well coming over, I think there's going to be more uh, more crossover to get as many eyeballs as they can on yeah. the uh, on the show. Now, yeah. uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I really, I really think it would be beneficial, honestly, to, to merge the two brands together at this point now, uh, the UK and then the, and, and the regular NXT. Um, I think it's, they, they need, they need a way to expand the show to an hour now. And I mean, really they're, they share a, a lot of audience on, on both of the shows. I, I know Walter has expressed no interest in coming over to the US. He's basically said outright, he's just going to stay in Europe and, and do his thing over there. But I mean, like, you know, there's, a lot of the top guys from NXT UK, like the British Strong Style guys, they they just fit in perfectly in NXT already. And you know, obviously, like Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne are known entities to 
the the main NXT audience and are, are crazy over as it is, and they've already been NXT tag team champions. So I mean, yeah, it's they it's, it's really there's not a huge amount of point in maintaining separate brands between the two of them at this point now. Yeah, and that's a good point about uh, Don and Baton. Before we get to the uh, AW show, real quick, I want you: Do you think they're going to be able to sustain the momentum of uh, the WWE that is uh, with NXT going to USA? It's going to be a two-hour show. Do you think they're going to be able to sustain the momentum they have? Putting together, they only have a one-hour show right now, and it's taped, and they have more, you know, I guess, time to edit and things like that. Do you think it's going to be that much of a difference when they go to two hours? Boy, I don't know. Uh, it might be rough. It's the things I don't. I don't really watch the regular NXT show that much. I mean, because as a TV show, it's not really vital. Um, it's mostly you know a lot of a lot of basic squash matches and some promos and stuff. But the thing that NXT has already done really great, especially with the takeover shows quarterly, is they've basically made it so you don't need to watch their own weekly television. Um, like they do such an amazing job of recapping things on takeover that you could you could pretty much just jump into that and they'll get you up to speed with all the characters and the issues and everything like that as a self-contained thing on a takeover show and the tv show itself is kind of almost unnecessary in a lot of ways so there's going to be some adjustments that really have to be made there from triple h going over to more of a weekly continuous format and and i don't know it's uh it's going to be the wild west on wednesdays that's for sure yeah, and I'm so glad you said what you said about really not having to watch the weekly show because I feel the same way. And there's so much wrestling right now. It really is the kind of era when you could pick and choose. Last week I did watch, um, and they had um, Dijakovic. I'm sorry, Dijakovic uh, versus Keith Lee. I called Dijak. I'm so sick of that name. God, I, every time Donovan I call him Dijak. Yes, every time I call him Dijak, Joe uh, Joe corrects me. But um, yeah, Dijak versus Keith Lee was a, a great match. And in the main event, they had the Street Profits who. You know, I already feel terrible for them based on what they have to do on uh, Monday nights, um, lose to uh, the Undisputed Era, which I was fine with. But that kind of show, that's one of the rare ones, like you said, you know, for the most part, it is those extended squash matches and Mia Yim beating up somebody, you know, and uh, yeah, and, and a good the, segment. The, the thing as well with, with you know, the, the positioning on the WWE Network is that when something like a Keith Lee versus a Didakovich match uh, happens and it's, you know, this amazing match that it's guaranteed. I'm going to get an email five minutes later. Somebody be like, be like, you have to go watch NXT right now. And then it's like, okay, well then fine. I'll go watch NXT. Right. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty much a perfect system. I don't have to watch the show. And if something does happen, then somebody's going to tell me about it. And I couldn't just, I just go watch it. You know, it's not, not really uh, a conditioning thing where you have to watch the weekly TV show. And that might be uh, NXT's numbers are relatively low on the WWE network is what everybody's always said. So it might be a bit of a challenge to kind of, condition people to start watching the product as a weekly thing do you think that by them bringing over some of the uh the quote-unquote main roster guys they're gonna try to find a way to combat that uh that might be part of it yeah i i, I know there's a lot of main roster guys who want to go to nxt to to be honest i mean you know there's there's lots of people who aren't having much going on on the main roster and it would probably be better off going down there anyway so that that could definitely be something that would would help a lot if only because you know they do have the experience doing the live tv show every week and you know they can lend their experience to that sure mike bennett um sorry michael canellis and maria are uh, just two that come to mind right away i mean maria was saying on her instagram yesterday she's like she tried to get to nxt you know they just for whatever reason they refused to do that but i think those are two people i mean you could even put maria and mike uh right into the undisputed era for me i mean uh, it's it's just so much, so much room for uh, so much possibility, and with two hour show, it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of television to fill for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like I say, it's going to be it's going to be the Wild West. Who knows? I'm I'm kind of interested to know, but it's kind of funny thing is that they haven't announced a, a TV deal for either show up here in Canada yet. So I don't know if if NXT is going to be airing on a Canadian TV station, and we don't know if AEW is going to be airing on a Canadian TV station. Really, there has been no news on a Canadian. Wow, that I didn't know. So. Yep. I mean, what happened? So, I guess you know. So the WWE is going to continue to show the NXT on the uh, the network on Thursday. So that's going to be your only source of NXT. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the the presumption would be that NXT airs on Sportsnet 360 up here in Canada, which is the same channel that carries Raw and SmackDown. Uh, However, they frequently show hockey games on Wednesday nights. Like that's one of their their regular things. So I mean, there might not be space for it on on Wednesdays. And I mean, you know, if I have to watch it on Thursday, then it's you know. No big loss, but it's it just seems like kind of a it would be a little bit of a lost opportunity if they didn't find a way to air it 
uh, in opposition to AEW, wherever they end up. Yeah, and of you know the AEW show as well. That's um, you know that's I ECW got such a boost when they became more um, readily available to Canada. So I think that would be a market they would both want to tap as quickly as possible, especially with this. Oh yeah, no, Co- Cody has said that they're trying to they they trying to get into Canada to to do something. The the uh, the again, the presumption is that it would end up on TSN, which is the rival of Sportsnet in Canada. The kind of the other other major uh, sports station that's kind of aligned with ESPN. In the U.S., but um, they have not made any announcement yet, and there's very other, very few other options that they go with. Like there's Fight Network, uh, which is kind of where ROH and uh, New Japan on Access air up here, which is can, which is like a very high on the dial premium channel that not many people have, um, and also Impact I think airs on there too, if I'm I'm not mistaken, because they own that. So that that might not be a good fit because you know obviously Anthem doesn't want to necessarily air a competitor on their own channel so sure yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what's going to happen i mean and we're what three weeks away or two weeks away from three the weeks day- away yeah exactly yeah we don't even know the name of the show yet oh that's true I, what was it uh wednesday night dynamite i think was being tossed around who knows i, I don't think uh i'm sure it's going to be revealed on a future being the elite um yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, speaking of AEW, we sat through uh, almost a four, almost five-hour show, including the pre-show on Saturday night. Um, the pre-show wasn't, you know, wasn't much. It was Jack Evans and Angelico versus Private Party. I do like Private Party. I mean, these guys seem like they have, uh, they have the charisma. They have a future in the AEW tag division. Would you agree? Yeah, no, they look good. Uh, apparently, I was spelling Mark Quinn's name wrong, so people were on me about that a little bit, but uh, they didn't really. Give you the graphics to explain that, so you know, which is against Well, that's another that's kind of a little another minor problem with AEW. I find is they don't do a really great job of explaining to any of the characters are, but uh, uh, yeah, private party, they you know, they they made a good showing. Boy, uh, Jack Evans is having quite a renaissance in AEW, though, isn't he? Like, I, I'm really I'm kind of surprised because he hadn't heard his name around forever, and then him and Angelico, you know, escaped from Lucha Underground, and they seem to be just out there having a ball. Just you know, doing opening matches and pre-shows and stuff, and uh, just having they're fun. getting over and doing things, just having fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, compared I, to what Jack Evans was doing, you know, in Ring of Honor 15 years ago, it's definitely a far cry. But I think in a better way, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. Honest. And yeah, I think the uh, other pre-show match um, was uh, the women's battle royal, and I got just like I, I watched a little bit of it, but I got like just scathing hatred emails about it, telling me, you know, that. Uh, that, that I should watch it and tear it to pieces because it was a, a botch filled, you know, terror thing. But uh, I don't know. I, I watched a little bit. I didn't. I didn't really notice anything too horrible with it. But I wasn't really paying that much attention to it, to be honest. The only thing that really uh, stood out to me was when Nyla Rose almost killed Priscilla Kelly and she dropped her uh, flat on the outside instead of on the uh, other girls that were on the outside. So that was a, a scary spot. But yeah, I. I also saw bits and pieces of that. What did stick out to me early in the show was, I mean, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, they have such a bright future. I'm, I'm such a fan of these guys. Yeah, which is which is funny because I hated Austin on Big Brother when he's on there. Because I'm, I'm like, you know, it's, everybody always makes fun of me because I'm like one of the world's biggest Big Brother fans. And yeah, it just, it just blew my mind. Okay. that. They, so is Taz. Taz loves Big Brother and he always talks about it. So you're in good company. Oh, that's good to know then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, just it blew my mind that it's, because I I I'd, I'd been talking to my friend about it and yeah and I'm like oh man this Luchasaurus guy how come they you know WWE didn't 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 ever jump on this guy like how did AEW get them and he's like he's like no he was Judas Devlin in NXT and I'm like what oh shit that's Austin for Big Brother are you kidding me like oh god like and so my wife it actually it, but however I will say that was actually an interesting thing because then my that made my wife interested to want to watch. Because she was, you know, because you know, we watched Big Brother together, right? And like, she was like, "What? That's Austin? No way!" And she and she wanted to see him. And then, and obviously, and, and of course, you know, like Luke Perry's son on there too is another hook in there. So they they they've got this really interesting mainstream hook for fans. To get in there with yeah. with this tag team who are really over. So it's it you know they they got something. And then of course they lost their match, which is just like I I I don't even know what to do with with that anymore. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm. I, I Luchasaurus, I think, yeah, they should just they should just push the crap out of that guy. Yeah, and there were like you know you kind of alluded to it in your review, but there were a lot of questionable um, decisions in regards to the wins and losses. I know their uh, AEW is really pushing how much wins and losses 
do matter. Would you have had Kenny Omega go 0 and 2 in his first two matches on pay per view in AEW? No, definitely not. I'm. I don't know. It's there. I don't know. I I feel like you. It's uh, watching the show is like watching like the Harry Potter movies without having read the books. Like where you okay. kind of okay, like you get you you have a general idea of what's going on, but you're missing all of this backstory that other everybody else has that you don't have, kind of thing. Because you know people saying, "Oh yeah, Kenny Omega is like it, it was like this and this in Japan and and this on being the elite." And it's like, well, not everybody watches those things or knows who Kenny Omega is, and it's, you know, especially when you're going to uh, national TV. In a couple of weeks here, and you want to put your best foot forward. And it's like Kenny Omega is the guy who's going to be the big star of the show, and he's out here on this losing streak out there. And it just, I don't, I don't understand necessarily the mentality behind it. It's just, it's really weird. I mean, maybe I'm old school, but it's like he's going to be the big star of the show. So have him go out there and beat some people, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, you know, and I heard that Pac is not really signed long-term, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, if I mean, at least if he was going to lose, you could build a, an angle around it. Maybe somebody calls him X, Y, and Z, even, even a, a video of Moxley or something like that. But no, that was a, a – listen, I, I take nothing away from the match, however. The match was an incredible wrestling match, and I'm a huge fan of what Pac's able to do, and I thought the finish was even pr- uh, pretty intriguing. But it was just uh, – like you said, it was uh, caught me by surprise. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I nothing effect. against Pac winning or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's it's fine. It's just as as far as the big picture goes, though. It's uh, yeah, they should they should protect King Omega a little bit better. I feel like, which is weird coming from Japan where he was, uh, you know, invincible. So I think it's an right. interesting dynamic. Uh, speaking of invincible, uh, Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. I feel like all three oh. of these guys are video game <laughs> characters, and uh, they yeah, yeah. Uh, Darby Allen has the award for two of the worst things I've ever seen happen in a pro wrestling match. The coffin drop on the apron and the cracker barrel. Yeah. The cracker barrel of doom. Uh, oh, there you go. The cracker barrel of doom. I just say cracker barrel of doom. Yes. There you uh, go. Quite that one. Yeah. I, he, the way the guy landed, he landed at, at the, the V the, the divot in the, and it, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't stop watching the match though. Like I literally, I, it, was, away. it was something. It was the match was something. I would just, I, I basically texted my friend at the end of the match. I was like, "What the hell did I just see?" And like, it was like, something. Well, I, right, it was something. It was something. It was not boring. I, I mean, I was. I mean, you know, I gave it four stars. I was like, I was like, I was not bored watching this match. I will, I will give it that. I'm, you know, I was, I was cringing and like, kind of, kind of embarrassed to be to be watching into points. Like he was dumping the thumbtacks in his mouth and taping his mouth shut. But it's like, boy, I don't know I'm. I, it was it was entertaining, and uh, on that level alone, I, I have to give him props. Yeah, and the the thumbtack skateboard spot from Darby Allen, like thumbtack anybody, yes. uh, anybody who watched that match, like if you see either of these three guys in a match on the next show or on TNT, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna have to watch this because of strictly because of this match. So I would agree with the four stars because I feel like they accomplished exactly what they set out to do. Yeah. Um, Except I, I don't know about the staple gun though. It's it's really weird because like New Jack used a staple gun, but I'm pretty sure it was a worked staple gun where there wasn't actually staples in it. And, and it's like Jimmy Havoc out there actually stapling himself. Like, have is this is what we've proceeded to in the HD era where you have to use real staples so that you can you can fool people? Like, I don't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm that's questionable. You could do what WWE does and just cut away every time there's a like any sort of impact shot whatsoever, and then zoom all the way out. Oh God! Have you ever watched on a total a bit of a tangent here? If you're there, the recap videos on YouTube. No, uh, that's it. Oh, like it's it's really really fascinating. I, I fell down the rabbit hole of their website where they'd be doing like you know, uh, top ten. There's one one my favorite one currently. Watching is like it'll recap all of like John Cena's sixteen world title wins, right? Like you know, for for people such as myself who can't keep track of them anymore, it's really handy. You just go through and, you're, and you know they they just show the finishes of all the match. Anyway, right. but it's like if somebody's bleeding. It, you know, it's, you get a black and white screen because it has to be, you know, family friendly on YouTube. And, you know, somebody goes for a chair shot. They edit it out, right? Like, you see them swinging the chair. Oh, and yeah. The crowd okay, yeah come I back, have seen right? it. Yeah. Like, it's it's nuts, the editing that they, they do for this stuff. It's like being in this alternate universe where chair shots don't happen or something. It's 
it's it's really strange. AEW, however, is going in the complete opposite direction from that. There is chair shots galore at AEW, and some of them are quite brutal. So the, I mean, do you remember the old, uh, I think it was Brutus Beefcake and Ron Bass? When he oh, yeah, the big red X. Yeah, yeah. Now that, I wanted, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, my. I'm like, he's killing yeah, that. that was terrifying, exactly. Yeah. I was like, yeah, what's going on under that red X, man? Like, geez. Yes, blur it out at least. But, you know, don't uh, don't insult the intelligence of the fan, you know? Yeah. And I think that's um, that's why everybody's looking for such an alternative right now. Um, I also want to agree with what you said about the uh, the Dark Order. As much as I loved uh, Super Smash Brothers, uh, sorry, Super Smash Brothers, I don't, I don't, get it with the dark order and i i don't think i'm the only one missing that either yeah no i don't i don't really understand the gimmick i don't i don't get what it's well, i don't get where it came from and yeah i don't get why they keep they keep putting them over all these matches and luchasaurus keeps losing it's it it really it's makes no sense to me they just they don't look like stars is the thing and it's just you know i they're, they're just point where you want i want to watch wrestling and have escapism i want to see people who are larger than life stars and these look like a couple of guys, you know, one of whom was wearing a mask. And why, why are you guys scary? You know, like, I don't, I, well, I just don't, uh, I don't get it. If you want to see larger than life stars, then I hope you tune into afterwards and you get to see the debut of Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And now this yeah. man, hey, I, I'm, I'm big on the Orange Cassidy train. <laughs> but uh, he, that man. He's a very it, specific type of, oh, uh, yeah. of, of appeal, you know. Yeah, he is. He's the new Captain Charisma. Orange Cassidy is. Go, he has. I think he's got the potential to be one of the most over guys in AEW. Strictly for the. I mean, I'm a crowd reacts when the man's aviators fall off. For the love of God, he's got him in the in the palm of his hand. Yes, he does. Yeah, and Orange George Cassidy is fantastic. People, I don't know. People give grief about it, but I'm like, I'm like this guy has found his niche, and he is leaning into it. So good on him. Yeah, and when he has to work, he works, and he's a hell of a wrestler, and I, I think it's the perfect uh, you know, the perfect combination. Uh, Rio versus Akaro Shida. What did, I don't want to say I found it tough to get into this match. I mean, they put on a perfectly acceptable wrestling match, but it was all for uh, for the angle afterwards. Are you in on uh, Rio and Nyla Rose? No, I don't. I don't really understand why they're going. Like, they have Dr. Britt Baker, like, that's isn't that supposed to be their star? Like why? I don't understand. Like they're they're building up, you know, some some women to be supposedly be their stars, and then yeah, their world title match is going to be Riho versus Nyla Rose on TNT. Like I, again, I don't uh, I don't get some of their uh, some of their decision making as far as where they're going with this stuff. That just does not. It just doesn't feel like a like you know a big time world title program to me. Yeah, there's no name recognition in either one of those, uh, you know, in either one of those women. I mean, Awesome Kong in there would have been a different story. Like I said, Dr. Yeah. Rick Baker. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, even, even if they stuck Brandy Rhodes in there or something like that, right? You know, like, it yeah. would have been, it would have, you know, if, you know, as long as she loses, it's fine. But, you know, just, you know, something to, to give it some some oomph behind it. Yeah, a reason for people to tune in and say, oh, okay, I know uh, I know the Rhodes' last name or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of tuning in, you mentioned earlier, later the later the show gets, the uh, crankier you get. Um, Sean Spears, Cody Rhodes, you tore the match apart. Does that mm-hmm. uh, does that review hold up? I, I've watched the match again. I mean, people have people have said they, they really like in retrospect. Yeah, that's great. You know, people. I, I'm I'm the first to to say that you know my tastes are not necessarily the same as everybody else who who might be watching. Uh, um, I don't know. I I just. I was not into the match at all. I'm just, I'm not digging Sean Spears as a top guy. I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like they're just using him as kind of a stopgap for, for something for Cody Rose to do while they, they get to TNT, I guess would be the, the, the way to, to put it. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I felt like Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson eclipsed the star power of everybody in the match. And that's not great. And I found, I don't know. The whole thing with the dog was really off-putting to me. Like it was just, you know, the poor, poor, poor guy. You know, like the fireworks go off and he's all spooked, and they're making him come down there. Um, yeah, it did feel bad for Pharaoh. As soon as the fireworks went off, you could see it. It was like, oh, yeah. that was. And tough. I mean, like the whole thing with MJF. It just, I don't. Ah, that's another thing. See, that's another thing where it's like we're missing the backstory because people are like, oh yeah, it's this whole thing with being the elite and stuff. And it's like, but if you're not watching that, they're not doing a very good job. Of explaining why it is that MJF is being a complete dick to everybody and is clearly a heel 
but then he comes out and we're supposed to be sympathetic towards him because he's Cody Rhodes's best friend in real life. Maybe I'm not sure. Like I just, that was really underwhelming uh, choice for the, the corner man after all the build up. Um, Arn Anderson was still great. Of course. I mean, you know, uh, you know, like say him, him and Tully are pros, right? Like, you know, they're, they doesn't, they don't even have to be able to, to work in the ring. They can come out there and pop a crowd. And yeah. Neither that, one. That's kind of star power. Of the you know, yeah, yeah. Tully Blanchard was great. Uh, Tully Blanchard was great. Absolutely. Tully Blanchard's great. And Owen Anderson, the crowd went crazy for, I, I think uh, Joe had mentioned it. We were watching the show. Um, he, Joe alluded to maybe we have Tully Blanchard in the J.J. Dillon uh, four horsemen leader spot and then MJF turns and you get Sean Spears and some long-term booking. That To me, I would be on board with that because it gives him all a sense of purpose. And maybe they're kind of waiting for these um, the backstory to all these feuds to develop for the TNT show. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. all, it had so many shows without – you know, that weekly show, I think they're going to have a lot of catching up to do on the first couple of weeks. And I, I, although I will say they did air that special on TNT on Friday night where they did tell the story, but you know, that wasn't really promoted enough because I, I I mean, I didn't even know about it. So, and I watched it. It it, it did a big rating apparently though. So that's that's a good sign at least. Yeah. Did Um, really well. I think, I think speaking of MGF, I think he's going to be a huge star. Um, Like they're going to put him on TNT. I think, I, I think he's going to take off. Um, it's just, it's like the character is like a combination between the Miz and Alberto Del Rio and like, and, and he can work as well. I mean, like, yeah, he's, uh, he's got something. Yeah. I mean, he's such a young age. Uh, you know, he, he wrestled his first match. I'm on Long Island, probably 20 minutes away at a, a creative pro show. And, you know, remember when that guy first started and see where he is, he's got such a bright future. He's so easy to legitimately hate. And I, oh, I know, and I mean, such, you know, yeah. and I've, I've been getting, I've been getting into MLW recently here too, uh, watching that. And yeah, he's just such such a fantastic character on that. Him and his, him and his gang of guys, you know, like going car shopping and stuff. It's just, it's just such easy, stupid heat. But it's just like they, they, he pulls it off so well. Yeah, he's really just a detestable human being, and that's, I mean, in, in the best way possible. And you know, he's not one of yeah, the absolutely, yeah. He's a, a real like that's the kind of that, that's the kind of heat you want. Kind of reminds me of like a. Almost like an early franchise, Shane Douglas. Like he had that kind of heat when he broke Pitbull's uh, neck and that kind of thing. Like that's the heat that you don't see anymore. Like the I'm going to cause a riot because I I you, I have so much disdain towards you kind of thing. So he, you know, and if he turns on Cody, I think that's it, it's got money written all over it. So I guess we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. The last match on the show, the I mean, we've seen it a couple times now, but Pentagon and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks. Did, did that? hit all of the points you were hoping it was going to hit i mean I, I thought it was a really great match and we've but the mm-hmm. problem is to me we've seen so much from them they had so yeah. much to do was that yeah 100 epic agree, match yeah. you were hoping oh yeah no it was a great match i just yeah i'm i'm i don't want to see any more of it now uh it's it, it's wonderful i i, I don't want to poor poor young bucks they were just that the the one spot where uh Nick Slipton, Nick Slipton, yeah, slipped yeah, to the top rope. Caught, right? and, yeah, oh god, oh that was terrifying. He did just, the same thing against um at the uh ladder war match against the Briscoes, and the exact same thing happened to him. And he went face first through a table the exact same way. Like it's yeah. worst luck I've ever seen. But yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, no, it's I, the matches are great. You know, it's, it's crazy though. It's like I really, I really love their New Japan run from the last year or so. It's like because you know they go over there and somebody you have somebody like a ghetto who just like completely reins them in and it's like okay Matt go out there and you get the story is you're going to sell your back for 15 minutes and they just go out there and they work this like this great old school tag team matches and and they're they're just such a they they can be a great team when you know they're it's toned down and like you know just given a focus and rather than going out there and jumping off ladders and smashing tables. And, you know, for what it is, obviously that's, that's great. You know, there it's, you know, that's their thing. But yeah, I just, uh, it's, it kind of leads to the main thing with AEW is they need to bring somebody in to be, you know, the, it's kind of like that guiding force. Like they need a booker, somebody to come in there and see, you know, and, and, and tell these guys, you know, this is what you're going to do. And this is the direction that you're going to have. And, you know, I also agree with you. I mean, I remember um, there were spots in his New Japan run when he was trying to get people up for the Melter driver and he couldn't because his back was hurting. So Nick would right. come up, yeah, pick up. That was yeah, that's fantastic that was, stuff. Yeah, it's just day one tag team, really good stuff. So no, I, I I know what you mean, and you know, hopefully, 
it, well, I mean, you're talking long-term booking. Was Adam Page, we'll move on to the main event real quick, was Adam Page the right guy to be in this match against Chris Jericho? No, I don't think so. I, I Part of me thinks that Chris Jericho wasn't the right guy to be in that, that match either. Kind of, But, I mean, obviously things were screwed up because of, you know, because of circumstances with Pac and, you know, everything like that. So it wasn't wasn't the ideal thing. But, yeah, I, I, I don't feel like Adam Page is ready yet for that position. It, it feels like he kind of got there because, you know, of, of the people he knows rather than really showing anything in the ring. But by the same token, uh, they didn't do a very good job of getting him ready for it. I mean, like at the, the last uh, the Fight for the Fallen show where he did like the... It, 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 it seemed like it was going to be like a 20-minute draw with some, you know, undercard guy kind of thing, right? And it's like... You know, it was really it was really weird build for it. Uh, he never really felt like a main eventer or anything like that, which is probably why I had such trouble maintaining interest in the match for as long as it went. Just didn't didn't feel like a world title match. Uh, yeah, just yeah, not eh, wasn't wasn't the best choice. I think it suffered from a terrible spot too. You know, to have to follow. Yeah. You know, it, I, I the one train of thought is you know you should be able to top the match that was before you. That's your job. The other train of thought is. You know, like, leave the crowd wanting a little bit more. So you, you have a half-hour ladder match with death-defying spots. And it's like, okay, now the finish of this next match is this g- atrocious spinning back elbow. It's like, come on. Yeah. I, I can't stand the Judas effect either. I think it's the worst thing I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, I, I've been a little bit down on Chris Jericho. Maybe maybe that's why he was mad at me, because I gave him, like, a star and a half for that match. I, oh, I see, there's yeah, all... Yeah, we have, we have a history with those kind of stuff, so, yeah, it's hard to say. That's... Uh, see, now, now, all right, now it all makes sense. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, all in all, I liked, uh, you know, I liked the show. I, I think it was an easy watch, but, you know, again, the main event going 30 minutes, I think that's too much, too. I don't, I don't remember an Adam Page match going north of 20 minutes, so to have him go 30 minutes against almost 50-year-old Chris Jarrett, yeah. who really has no business they, they, either. They really got, they got to get their timing under controls and everything, too. Like, they're they're, they're going to be on a tight two-hour schedule on these TNT shows. Like, they've, the last, you know, they, they've had to fight for the fall and the fighter fast. They just... There's these like sprawling shows where you know, just like go out and and you know do it until you're you're finished and stuff. It's just that's uh, they got to get under control. Like I say, they need somebody to come in and take control of these shows. Yeah, a main. I mean, well, they're bringing in Tony Schiavone. I know Tony was a producer for a long yeah. time. Yeah, he'll help a lot actually. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he. I mean, one of the biggest things in his podcast is he complains about uh, continuity in professional wrestling. So it seems like he's a stickler for that. So I hope having these veteran you know, uh, the the JR, the Tony Schiavone, the guys that, you know, it's you have to have that balance. You have to have the old school who knows how to, you know, get from point A to point B to point C. And then you have to have the new school whose ideas, but they're willing to listen to the older guys. So I think, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic for the product. I, and like you said, Wednesdays are literally oh, yeah. uh, going to be a shootout. And I hope for, you know, for your sake up in Canada, I hope they find a TV deal for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm 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 cheering hard for AEW to succeed. I mean, like you know, obviously everybody's looking for, for something to give Vince a kick in the ass, right? So I mean, this is hopefully this is what's going to do it for him, right? So I mean, yeah, I'm I really really want them to to you know do better for it, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, like I say, I mean, I I was a little uh, I feel like obviously I was you know a little bit harder on the show than necessarily i'm thinking back on it i like the show more i think that i gave credit for um it still wasn't the home run that double or nothing was i mean they saw double or nothing and i was like i was like ready running out the street with aew signs you know and like <laughs> you know like like yeah you know and this one is like i didn't really feel the buzz going into it so much from people and it didn't really do so great as far as numbers go on my website either so i think it was it was kind of telling that interest was a little bit down in it um overall but yeah no it's i mean uh, i like something different and and i and i appreciate that you know, they went out there and did something like, you know, the Cracker Barrel match, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, it's something you're not going to see on WWE. And, you know, like Orange Cassidy is somebody you're not going to see on, on WWE, that's for sure. So, I mean, it's, they're putting in the effort to at least go out there and, and provide some kind of uh, alternative to it. And that's, that's yeah, commendable. And I think if you're going to watch a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour AEW show, you're going to get different things throughout the entire show. It's not going to be just one 
almost like like you watch a Raw now or even a pay per view. It's it looks like it's like one long continuous match. Everybody sounds the same. Every match right. looks the same, you know. And if you're not on board with King Baron Corbin, you know, there the good news is there are plenty of other opportunities out there for you to watch professional wrestling, and you don't have to watch you know Mondays and Tuesdays. Or but if you can watch Monday and Tuesday and, and take it for what it's worth and enjoy what you enjoy, and not. There, I I hate the divide though, you know, like the, the I'm Team WWE, I'm Team AEW, I'm Team Ring of Honor. Yeah. There's a million different avenues of of content out there. There's no reason to be, you know, not. It's okay to like both products, absolutely. Yes, I know. It's yeah. One and, one liking one does not preclude liking liking the other one. Absolutely, it's uh, it's it's a weird thing even going on in the comments and. On my blog, where people are dividing up like that, it's like, well, you know what? I I don't care. I I I watch whoever makes me money, you know. So it's like, if <laughs> if, if, if they're both going to be successful, then fine. I'll I'll cover both of them, you know. Like that's that's great. Bring it on. Right, and there's nothing that can say like you you, you could watch Tony Nese versus Mike Bennett on Two Hundred Five Live, and then you don't have to watch SmackDown or something on there that you find. Then you want to watch MLW, you can do that. You don't have to, you know. It's not a hundred percent devotion to anything. It's it's a world of choice right now, and the more you know, the more wrestling for the fans and for people like yourself who can review it, the better. Um, I love the reviews that you do, but my, my favorite were the retro rants. I, I love the you know the throwbacks. I was just looking at the Survivor Series 1991 the other day. Um, if you want to check all these out, you guys got to make sure you go to blogofdoom.com. Scott, you've been doing, how long have you been doing this for? Oh, oh I started uh, in 1993 when I was in university, so it's. Uh... It's been a long time. Wow. I mean, I remember reading on 411, uh, I think it was when it was 411 Wrestling is when I first you know, read your stuff years ago. And, you know, it, it's it's a funny read. It's not, it doesn't read like every, like I said, cookie cutter review does. It's got wit in there and it's a very easy, uh, it's an easy scroll, if you will. So nothing but uh, continued success. I hope the Chris Jericho thing gets hammered out. If nothing else, I hope it brings a ton of, more downloads and views to your website. And again, it's blogofdoom.com. Uh, he's Scott Keith. Scott, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it this week. You, you're very welcome. I'm always glad to help out. Awesome. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.